Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Well, it's exciting to be doing the last Dig a Bit for month eight of our study. We're studying the book of Luke right now. I hope by now that you're pretty much done with the reading. As I'm recording, I am not done, but I am very much enjoying the study and enjoying looking for the glory in these chapters. Today, I'd like to just talk about chapters 10 to 12 with you for just a minute about one particular theme that I, as I was reading, just saw emerging over and over and over again. And I just want you to, if you can, take some quick notes about this and and we will talk about it further on the podcast, on the video podcast. But right now, I want us to notice this theme in Luke chapters 10 through 12. And that is that the glory that Jesus is teaching us about, the way that we give glory to our Father in heaven, he's emphasizing throughout the book of Luke, but particularly in these chapters that I want to discuss right now, he is emphasizing that it does not have to do with externals. Over and over, he gives us insight into the fact that if we want to glorify God, if we want to please him, if we want to show others around us the way to him, that we focus on our hearts, on the motives behind our actions, on the motives behind the way we even look to the world, we will get it right if we love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, strength, and mind. Glorifying God is about the human heart. And I want us to look at some specific passages really quickly that point that out as Jesus just teaches this repeatedly throughout the book of Luke. Let's look at Luke chapter 10, first of all, uh, at the parable of the Good Samaritan. You remember in telling that parable, Jesus talked about a priest and a Levite. Now, they were people who looked to be pious people, but they were the ones who ignored and passed by on the other side. And it was the person who did not look to the world as though he were one who would glorify God, who really did the work who had the heart of compassion to stop and help that man who had fallen by the wayside among thieves. Sometimes I teach about this and I talk about the beater-upper, that was the thieves, the passer-uppers, the priest and the Levite, and the picker-uppers. Of course, the picker-upper was the Good Samaritan. And then when I do talk about that, I often point out that And I know that you've studied this and thought about this as well, but that we are all that dying man on the side of the road if it were not for the great Samaritan, the one who didn't look to the world. He had no form nor comeliness, Isaiah 53. He didn't look to the world like he would be the one who would be the Savior, but he was. And Jesus teaches us here that it wasn't the people who looked like they were religious. It was the person who... 
And this was, of course, in answer to the question, who is my neighbor? And Jesus ended by asking a rhetorical question and turning that question around. Who then was neighbor to the man that fell among thieves? And he says here, the one who was glorifying was the one who didn't look like necessarily the right person in the right clothes, but he had the right heart. It's not externals. And then in chapter 10, verse the bottom few verses, we have the story, not a parable this time, but a story of Jesus being in the house of Mary and Martha. Which one was concerned about externals? Martha. It was all about the food, the preparation, the house, the stress, the externals. But one was about the better part, Mary. Mary, the last verse of the chapter says, one thing is needful and Mary has chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. Have you ever thought about the fact that the beauty of our heart is not expendable? It's not, we're not going to use it up. No one's going to be able to take it away from us. The food that Martha was fixing was external and in nature it was temporal and they were going to eat it up and it was going to be gone. But what Mary was ingesting was the important part, and she glorified God thereby. I love 11 verses 27 and 28. 11, 27, and 28. And Jesus was talking about that unclean spirit being driven out and finding no place. He returned to the house wherein he came out, and he found it swept and garnished. And then he took with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell there. And the state of that man is worse than the first. Well, he's talking there about um, internal, too. He's talking about how that if we rid our hearts of those things which are destructive, and we don't fill them with something that's good, then more destruction will enter our hearts. But I wanted us to notice the following verses. As Jesus was speaking this, a woman just in the middle of the crowd, lifted up her voice. She cried to him, saying, Blessed is the womb that bare thee, and the paps which thou hast sucked. Now, I've been in situations where I've been talking at a ladies' day or to a group of women, especially sometimes on the mission field, and someone will just stand up and shout something. And sometimes it's something that um, is a little bit embarrassing to me or is uh, self-serving maybe someone i remember one time uh, i was asked to stand up in the middle of a worship service and they were going to give me a round of applause me cindy i mean you know in the first place that's not the purpose of worship in the second place it was embarrassing to me in the third place it was wrong but here jesus being the son of god of course it is perfectly right to praise him, but here she praises his mother, and she shouts out something that really is not on topic with what Jesus was teaching about the demons, and she says, blessed is the womb that bear you, and Jesus said, yea, rather blessed are they that hear the word of God and keep it he had a way of just drawing it right back to the internals this is not about somebody who gave me physical birth 
the blessed ones here are the ones who are hearing my words, the words of God, and keeping them. It's a matter of the heart. Then in chapter 11, I want us to notice verse 38, first of all, in chapter 11. And we are, we were in chapter 11 already, but if we move down just a little bit to verse 38, verse 37, as he spake, a Pharisee besought him to dine with him, and he went in and sat down to meet. And when the Pharisee saw it, he marveled that he had not first washed before dinner. This Pharisee was in the presence of the Son of God, had a chance to listen to divinity speak. And he's worried about that Jesus didn't wash his hands. He's all about the externals. And the Lord said, verse 39, Now do you Pharisees make clean the outside of the cup and platter, but your inward part is full of extortion and wickedness. And then he goes on talking about the externals that the Pharisees were so careful to maintain and the internals which they were so carelessly leaving off, leaving undone. It goes on and talks about the tithing of mint and rue and all manner of herbs. And in verses 41 through 44, he talks about their greetings in the market, their tithings. And then he says in verse 44, you're like graves which appear not, and the men that walk over them are not aware of them. (laughs) Jesus is really giving them down the road here about being so concerned about what they look like to men, but what they are on the inside is not even recognizable as being faithful to Judaism, which was the required religion of the day. He's saying, you, you're getting this wrong because you're concentrating on externals and you're hypocrites in doing so. And then in chapter 12, verses 4 and 5, he really drives it home by saying it very clearly. There's nothing covered, verse 2, that won't be revealed. There's nothing hid that won't be known. Therefore, whatsoever you've spoken in darkness will be heard in the light. You're going to come clean with God. You can't be a hypocrite in God's eyes. And that which you have spoken in the ear in closets will be proclaimed on the housetops. And I say to you, don't be afraid of them that can kill the body. And after that, have no more that they can do. But I will forewarn you whom you shall fear. Fear him who after he's killed you has power to cast you into hell. Yea, I say, fear him. Don't worry about what's going to happen to the external. Fear Fear the one who judges the spirits. And then in verse 15, he begins to tell us that it's not about riches. It's not about external possessions. Take heed and beware of covetousness. One of the men of the company had come to Jesus and said, we're having an inheritance squabble. Can you settle this for us? And Jesus said, it's not about externals. Take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life doesn't consist in the abundance of the things that he possesses. It's not about how much money you have. 
It's about your heart. And he spoke a parable to them, and you remember this parable, the ground of a certain rich man brought forth plentifully, and he thought within himself, saying, What will I do, because I have no room where to bestow my fruits? And he said, Well, this will I do. I'll pull down my barns and build bigger barns, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods, and I will say to my soul, Soul, you have much goods laid up for many years. Take your ease, eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Thou fool, this night will your soul be required of you, and then who shall those things be which you've provided? Verse 21 drives it home. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. Do you see the contrast there? Jesus is driving it home over and over again. It's not about what's on your outside. It's about being rich on the inside toward God. Verse 22 and 23, he goes on and says, and this is the parallel to Matthew 6, around verse 33, therefore I say to you, don't be anxious for your life, what you shall eat. He's really saying it plainly now. Neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. Stop worrying about the externals. Get your heart right with God. Matthew 6, the parallel passage says, and all these things will be added to you. Verse 24, think about the ravens. For they neither sow nor reap, neither do they have storehouses nor barns, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? We're getting to our glory word here, but as we do, we're just building to a crescendo here. Stop thinking about the outside. Stop thinking about how tall you are. Stop thinking about... How, whether you have barns to store your goods in. Stop thinking about, oh, you know, he just makes comparison after comparison, driving this point home. And then he says in verse 27, here's our glory word, consider the lilies, how they grow, they toil not, they spin not. And yet I say to you that Solomon, in all his doxa, was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass which is today in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O ye of little faith? Stop worrying, verse 29, about what you're going to eat or what you will drink. Neither be ye doubtful for all these things the nations of the world seek after. And your Father knows you have need of these things, but seek first the kingdom of God, verse 31, and all these things will be added to you. That's Matthew 6, 33. It's Luke 12, 31. Fear not. The end of this is, is don't be fearful. For it is your Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. And the kingdom's entrance, the entrance into the kingdom for me, depends on my heart. My submission, not how much money I have, not how tall I am, not how beautiful I am, not how pious I appear to the world. In all of these cases, Jesus has said, this is not what it's about. 
but it's about whether or not I'm willing to be in my heart submissive with agape love for the father and his children. Verse 49 of chapter 12, verse 49. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Did you suppose, verse 51, that I'm come to give peace on earth? I tell you no, but rather division. For from henceforth there shall be five in one house divided, three against two and two against three, the father against the son, the son against the father, the mother against the daughter, the daughter against the mother, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. Jesus did not come to set the nations of the world at physical peace. It's not about the externals. Jesus came to give us reconciliation with the Father. Verse 54, And he said also to the people, When you see a cloud rise out of the west, straightway you say, There comes a shower, and so it is. When you see the cloud in the west, you know that there's coming a shower from the Mediterranean Sea. And when you see the south, the wind blow, you say, There will be heat, and it comes to pass. You hypocrites! You can discern the face of the sky and of the earth, but how is it that you do not discern this time? And why, even of yourselves, can you not judge what is right? Jesus was speaking to large crowds, and his courage was amazing. He was telling them that they could tell what the weather was going to, what was going to happen in the weather, what the wind meant, what the rising clouds in the west meant. But those skills of figuring out what things meant didn't allow them to figure out the religious and the moral atmosphere of the world that they were living in. They could have done that because they had the Old Testament scriptures, but they did not. They were hypocritical. They were a phony. They were speaking from behind a false exterior. That's what that word really means. Did you get that? A false exterior. They were so careful to keep up that exterior, but they could not discern, even though they had the Old Testament scriptures, that the man speaking to them was indeed the Messiah, the Son of God, even though he fulfilled every prophecy and the signs were so very transparent. Well, I love that. Chapters 10 to 12, just nailing home the point that if we want to glorify God, we are not anxious about externals. It's really important for the day in which we're living. You know, I'm amazed that we as Christians have such a, I guess, a, a huge illustration right before us at this time. Sure, we're worried about COVID-19. Sure, we're worried about those who are vulnerable catching that virus. We're worried about um, those who might be walking around and be asymptomatic. They have the virus, but they don't know it, and so they might be pet. We're worried about all of those things, and we're praying for those that we know who have the virus. But let me just say that earthly physical illnesses are external. They're temporal. They're about this body. 
And so many, many people in our world are so very concerned about disease of the body, but have no regard at all for the disease of the soul. We're worried about an exterior, a fault. It's a false exterior, really. And we are, as Jesus said in Matthew 23, when we're worried like that about physical illness while neglecting the spiritual aspect and the disease that will cause us eternal damnation, then we are like those whited tombs. Oh, we're worried about the sanitation on the outside. We're like those cups that are clean on the outside but filthy on the inside. Are you wearing your mask? Are you wearing your gloves? Are you staying out of Walmart? Are you picking up your groceries curbside? Are you staying 15 feet from other people? Are you following the rules? I hope that if you are careful to follow those rules, that you are 50 million times more careful to be in the Word and to be being sure that you understand that the important thing is spiritual health and that you are cleaning the inside of the cup, the inside of the tomb. And we will then, like the lilies of the field, bring glory. Uh, Solomon in all his glory will not be arrayed like one of us in the kingdom. Because as he said, fear not, little flock. Verse 32 of chapter 12, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Don't be fearful during this pandemic because whatever happens, he's given us the kingdom. Hope you have a great day.